Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast, Selection Sunday edition. And we thank you for stopping by. Uh, we know now Purdue's seed. We know their first-round opponent. We know their path to however far they want to go. So let's break it down a little bit. Purdue, a number four seed uh, in the South region. No surprise, really. That's the season Purdue had. Uh, it moved itself up throughout the course of the Big Ten season. You know, getting 13 wins out of 19 games says a lot uh, about who they played and who they beat. You know, the two wins over Ohio State had to carry a lot of weight. Um, and I didn't think the loss to Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament would, would hurt Purdue. Uh, they ended up as the number 14 seed overall because the NCAA releases its 1 through 68 seed list, unlike the women's tournament, which is hiding stuff when it doesn't release uh, things like that. I don't believe the women's tournament has ever released the seed list, and if there was a time for them to release the seed list, this would be the year because everything's on a neutral court. But anyway, that's for another podcast, and I don't want to get into that too much. But Purdue was number 14 overall, which tells you they were pretty secure in the number in the number four spot. Um, and there was really only two directions they could go or two regions they could be placed in once there were two uh, Big Ten teams in the number one spot because based on the principles that the committee follows, uh, having a Big Ten matchup or a conference matchup in the Sweet 16 um, is... Uh, something that they they will avoid at all costs. It would it would only happen in a rare situation. Um, they could put a Big Ten team at the number five spot, but that that really doesn't do anything to the, the to the principles of that they follow. So Purdue was either going to get matched up with Baylor or Gonzaga as the number one seed, and in this case. Uh, Baylor is the number one seed in the South region, um, and that's that's okay. I mean, as a number four, uh, if you win your first two games, you're you're, you're pretty much going to play the number one seed. So it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, Gonzaga, Baylor, whoever. Uh, that that's just the way it is. But I you know I felt the number four seed was, um, you know, equal to what Purdue season. Yeah, you know, you you, you look at the couple of uh, close losses at Minnesota and Maryland. And think, well, you know, if they won those, uh, you know, maybe they would have moved up a little bit. But you also have to uh, um, take into consideration that Purdue won a game at Michigan State when it trailed by 17 and won a game at Ohio State when it trailed by 11. Uh, It won some other games that it trailed that maybe it shouldn't have won. So you got to balance the two out. Purdue Purdue had a number four seed type season. And next year, I think you should expect Purdue to have a number two, number one type of seed season. Uh, maybe a number three, depending on how th- things shake out. But that's again, that's for another podcast. I have plenty of ideas for another podcast. So Purdue opens the tournament against North Texas on Friday. As of uh, this recording, they still have not released the 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 times or the location. Uh, the only thing I can tell you about the location is it won't be Mackey Arena, and that's been pretty well publicized. 
throughout this whole process that the NCAA would not allow teams and the only team it affects is Purdue because Purdue is the only team from the state of Indiana to make the tournament. So Purdue cannot play at Mackey Arena uh, no matter what. So the choices are Assembly Hall, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, they have two courts there, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, uh, Butler, or the Coliseum. So it's going to be in Indianapolis and maybe Bloomington. You know, I think Purdue feels comfortable playing at Bloomington, especially when it plays Indiana. Uh, but we will see how comfortable they are playing uh, North Texas, wherever they play them. But North Texas is the first opponent. Uh, they are the 13th seed. Uh, they won the Conference USA tournament over Western Kentucky. Uh, just looking briefly at their stats and their numbers, they're not a team that puts up a lot of points uh, when you compare it to the rest of college basketball, I think they're ranked 209th in scoring offense, and that's under 70 points a game. Uh, they're known for their defense, so you're probably looking at a um, you know a grinded out type game coming up on on Friday for Purdue. You know, and I, as I said on the last you know after the Ohio State loss to. Uh, uh, to Purdue or the Ohio State lost in the Big Ten tournament, you know, I, I think Purdue needs to get a three-point shooting going. Uh, I think if it can get that going, especially against a team uh, like North Texas, which uh, on paper doesn't have um, a lot of offense on its team. Now, it does have four players that average in double figures, but the high point is, uh, I believe, 15, and they've got, uh, I know, two guys that average around 10. So it's not a juggernaut team from an offensive standpoint. And if, if Purdue can get Sasha Stefanovic going, Brandon Newman going, Jade Nivey comfortable shooting three-pointers, um, you know, I, you know, this is a game that Purdue um, should and you know and can win somewhat comfortably. Um, but if they're going to struggle from the three-point line. North Texas is going to pack it in and make it difficult to get the ball inside. And um, it's no secret what Purdue wants to do. They're still going to do it. They're still going to play through Travion. They're still going to play through Zach. But they're going to need some three-pointers to go down, uh, not only in you know Friday, but if they win, they're going to need to go down the next round as well. Uh, but uh, to me, that's that's going to be a big key there. Uh, coming up on uh, on Friday, and then if Purdue's fortunate enough to win, um, they would play Villanova or Winthrop. Now, before the the pairings were known and the seeds were known, you know Winthrop was already considered, you know the 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 team to look out for the the double digit seed that nobody wanted to play. Um, you know, I think that's a team that you know could possibly upset Villanova based on the seedings. Villanova, Villanova's had some injuries. They've been on pause a lot. Um, so they could be ripe for an upset. Um, and if it was a couple years ago that uh, Purdue played Villanova in the uh, second round, uh, I believe in Connecticut at Hartford. Um, so, you know, it would, it would appear that that would be 
uh, a matchup that would be favorable to Purdue, maybe. Um, but you just don't know about Winthrop, and you've got to kind of watch them play Villanova and see what, see how that plays out. But on paper, uh, you know, I don't think you can be um, disappointed in the in the path to get to the Sweet 16 for Purdue. Doesn't mean they're going to get there. You know, strange stuff happens in this tournament, as you know. And and Purdue is, you know, is a team that, when it doesn't do what it needs to do, as we saw on Friday, from a defensive standpoint, can put itself in, in a lot of trouble. And if they could, you know, if that happens again they'll get beat like they got beat Friday um but just you know looking at it you know Purdue's in a in a good situation to to win a couple games in the NCAA tournament and I've always felt that winning two games was probably the ceiling for this team um just because of how they played who they are um you know the youngsters that are playing uh, so, and I, you know, and I think that's something that would be satisfactory to to most of the fan base. Now, if they get in a position to play Baylor, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give it everything they got and see see how it comes out. And uh, you know, if they do get a get a situation to play Baylor, then you know you take your chances. Uh, but you know, the just winning a game, winning two games in this tournament, I think can do a lot for this team in the offseason and moving into to next year when you add a, cap, a couple more pieces and you have all your main characters coming back. Um, really think that that can vault Purdue into um, a top 10 ranking to start the year and one of the favorites to win the Big Ten, depending on who comes back and all that kind of stuff uh, throughout the league. But um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, it's always fun to look ahead. But, no, I mean, this is a good – I think Purdue's in a good position. I think now you have a hungry team coming off the loss. Uh, Matt Painter today, you know, after the the selection show, um, you know, went through the carnage on the defensive end from – from Friday's game and um, things that, you know, the, 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 the lack of communication has happened throughout the season. I mean, it's not like it, it, it hasn't, but it, it just kept snowballing against Ohio State where Purdue could not get out of uh, whatever lack of communication rut it was in. Um, and I, you know, it's like, well, the question I wanted to ask was, well, why would your players not talk to each other? <laughs> not laughing at the whole premise of them not talking to each other, but you know, why why would that all of a sudden stop? You know, you know, I don't know if that's a good question or not. Because you oftentimes, you know, just in the workplace in general, it's like, well, that boss doesn't talk to that employee. It's like, well, why not? know what's what's the problem so uh but it's an issue that purdue has to get fixed and uh the reason why purdue is so successful defensively 
over the long haul is because of the communica- communication aspect as as far as who's defending whom, uh, who's getting out on shooters, and all that kind of th- all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure it's been a um, an emphasis since Friday when they when they've gotten back in practice, and I think today was probably the first day they practiced. They probably took Saturday off, but you can you can be guaranteed it'll be a huge emphasis um, throughout this week where Purdue's going to have to talk and Purdue's going to have to communicate uh, because they can't afford the breakdowns they had against Ohio State, against anybody, even uh, a team like North Texas, which is not as potent as Ohio State, but you give you give them openings or you give them easy baskets, um, or you give them uncontested three-pointers, they're going to hit them. You know, guys at that level can shoot just as well as the guys at Purdue. Uh, so uh, it'll be, be curious how they come out defensively. Uh, you know, they need to get back to playing with an edge, and I think they did that in the second half. But, you know, they just got themselves in too big of a hole uh, against Ohio State. And even though they forced overtime, um, you know, the momentum didn't continue. And, um, so, you know, in the end, it might be a bit of a blessing that they suffered that loss. And I, I don't think they were getting uh, too high on themselves. But, you know, sometimes teams like Purdue, which, you know, doesn't have any seniors, is leaning on a lot of freshmen, you know, needs a reminder, needs a kick in the butt, needs a little bit of a, a jolt to, to set them right. You know, and I, you know, I think they're they're going to approach the tournament uh, with the right attitude, knowing that you know their season could be over. You know, as I, as I, I think I said on the last one, you know, going one and done in the Big Ten and then going one and done in the NCAA would be a bummer way to end this season for Purdue. You know, you'd, you'd like to see them at least win one in the NCAA tournament, preferably two, um, because you know I think you know. After seeing the draw, I think they're more than capable of winning two. Uh, but you know, you just for the for the well-being and to give themselves really something to to push them through the off-season. Um, you know, I think winning two would be uh, a big step for this team, especially coming off the loss to Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten tournament. And then pushing forward, and then you know if you win two, you take your chances. Who's ever sitting there in the in the Sweet 16? But uh, I think a you know good draw for Purdue, and a lot of teams can say they got a good draw, this that and whatever. Uh, but you know it's going to be an interesting tournament. It's going to be uh, obviously something that's never happened before. Um, how many teams can get to Indianapolis safely? Uh, it's still some questions about Virginia and Duke and Kansas, um, and they're being able to prepare for the tournament with uh, players in quarantine um, and deadlines to replace them. And uh, what if a team has to drop out after the deadline and the team just kind of advances without playing? Um, it, it just kind of muddies the whole process, but, uh, you know, I think everybody knows from day one the NCAA was determined to play a tournament, and it needed to play a tournament uh, 
for the well-being of its own organization as well as the well-being of all the member schools and that includes division two and division three which this tv package money of billions of billions of dollars goes to fund a lot of programs uh, and services across all the divisions of the NCAA. So they were determined to play this tournament, and they will play a tournament. They will finish a tournament now. Will 67 games get played in this tournament? Uh, I'd like to see some odds makers on that one, because that may not that may not happen. But anyway, uh, that's the the kind of the post selection show. Uh, wrap up as uh, Purdue starts to prepare for North Texas coming up on uh, Friday and uh, as soon as we can get the the game times and the location we'll pass them along on Twitter and at jconline.com um, a lot to be worked out uh, you know this year maybe compared to other years and uh, it'll be interesting tournament to follow you know the first four games two of them will be played at Mackey Arena uh, I really hope they put the uh, the uh, Michigan State UCLA game at Mackey Arena um, just because you know you got a Big Ten team there and you've got UCLA um, there you know UCLA was the dedication game for Mackey Arena back in 1960. Uh, seven. So that would be neat if UCLA could could play in an NCAA tournament game at Mackey Arena, and then there'll be uh, it'll be updated. Um, they'll have a 16 versus 16 game in that as well. All right, we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, have a good day.